And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here. And Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Thanks for having me, Dan. Well, gentlemen, it's great to have you here today on a Saturday here in the studio. You know, last week we just basically uh, started talking about the subject of the Trinity. We had a listener note that had come in asking about um, Jesus, and the listener knew that Jesus really was God. But um, when he went to really defend that in the marketplace, he found it was rather challenging because there's not one particular verse that resolves all of the questions, but it's really a collection of teachings from all throughout the Bible that without any doubt shows clearly that Jesus is God, but sometimes it's hard to articulate all of that. So in the context of that, we started talking about some church history, and this word Trinity came up. And so um, let's first of all just... Uh, review, what does this word Trinity mean? And we'll start there today. Trinity means three and one. One essence, um, but three distinctions. And as mm-hmm. John mentioned last week, the term homoousion was used in the early church to show that Jesus and God the Father were of the same essence, although distinct persons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, persons. Uh, Jesus Uh, And the Holy Spirit and the Father are relations within the one divine being. You know, the the early church understood when they read the New Testament that no matter how they read it, and they they saw three persons, Mm -hmm. equal in power and glory, they knew there were not three gods. So it's not uh, like some cults will say that um, you have the Father who's God, but Jesus is a creation the Holy Spirit is a force. Uh, that is not to be found anywhere in the Scriptures. Jesus mm. is only created as to his humanity, but not as uh, to his there's eternality. The, there's the distinction, yes. how important that is. So at some point in time, Jesus, we see, robes himself in human flesh, is incarnate, comes as to As a earth. beginning. Yeah. Right. As to his humanity, but not as to right. his deity he so is eternal right. yeah um, he relates to the father as the son but he is eternally generated as the scriptures teach but um mm-hmm. y- you know the doctrine of the trinity is a terribly important doctrine it's absolutely foundational to christianity and it distinguishes christianity from the other so-called abrahamic faiths i don't like mm-hmm. that term but i'll use it because scholars use it Mm -hmm. And what that means is that Christians do not understand God to be a one-dimensional, so to speak, uh, a being or static being, but God in in himself has relationship. Mm -hmm. There is in God an I and a thou. The I can address the thou. And then the I, on the other hand, can address the other thou, that means that you have communication in the divine. Hmm. It also means, and, and I'm talking theologically here, mm-hmm. that also means that you have the possibility of love hmm. because you have subject and object. The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. The doctrine of the Trinity is crucial, and that I use that word advisedly, 
crucial for us and for our salvation. What about the record of creation itself? When it is recorded, God saying, let us create man in our image. I might want to back up on that one, Dan, a moment on us. Uh, many scholars uh, do not think that's an ordinary plural. It is, um, uh, again, a type of Hebraism, which uh, it, the plural of majesty rather than the plural of number. Mm-hmm. The Hebrew has only that kind of way to talk about the mm. gravitas of the being or the weight or the glory of the being. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's possible for a person, let's say, for instance, a Jewish believer, to read that and not be even mm-hmm. uh, come up with a ripple of number. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's also, I mean, if you look at the Hebrew word for God as Elohim, Elohim is plural. Yes, for the same reason. Yeah. Uh, what that means is, though, that Christians, and I, I warned you off, uh, <laughs> off mic that I would probably differ a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that Christians believe that God is Trinity because they were forced to that through coming to terms with who Jesus is in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And they then saw where the Trinity was possible in all of those Old Testament passages. Mm-hmm. But unless you first see it through Jesus, and that's the only mm-hmm. way the veil is lifted, sure, you don't see the Trinity. Mm-hmm. You see the Trinity through Jesus Christ, and that is very, very important. That's my uh, Now, a lot of people will not agree with me on that. But I see the Trinity in many places in the Old Testament, but I'm reading the Old Testament through the person of Jesus Christ. It makes a yeah. difference. Yeah. This side of the cross with believing faith. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. I have a different pair of spectacles on than, let's say, someone who reads it through the Torah, for instance. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And it also, I, that aspect of Jesus, the deity of Jesus Christ, that makes it fall together for the Holy Spirit as well. Because then when you look at the scriptures and the passages that deal with the Holy Spirit, you realize it's not just a force. It also is, is that third person. Yeah. Well, when you, when you see the Spirit of God being addressed as he, and he does things, yes. and you can lie to him. Right. Oh, they yeah. understood. Yeah, right. uh, those, those early believers, when they read the Bible, they, they were, you know, we, we think if it's in the past, it's not as good or as authentic mm. or as important or they're not as smart. Just the opposite. Yeah. Now, um, within the Trinity, um, there seems to be particular functions. Um, Mm -hmm. We see, uh, for example, the Father choosing uh, in Ephesians 1.4, the Son redeeming, Ephesians 1.7, the Holy Spirit sealing, Ephesians 1.13. Right. We do see uh, different functions, and, and they're distinct, and sometimes uh, they overlap, if you will. And, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, there are, are distinct functions. And, uh, of course, the, we think of Jesus Christ especially as coming and redeeming, you know, and mm-hmm. dying on the cross for our sins. And that's especially important. And, and, yeah, the Holy Spirit is the one who inspired the Scriptures and also draws men and and does these things and also the father draws mm-hmm. draws people to Jesus Christ. Well, so. take take the act of creation. Yeah. Uh the act of creation is presented uh in Genesis as an act of God and we would say an act of God the Father. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, 
The scripture is also clear that Jesus himself is an agent of creation, and we see the Holy Spirit hovering like a brood hen (laughs) over the creation. So the creation is a Trinitarian act, but it focuses on the Father. Redemption is also a Trinitarian act, but it focuses on the Son, who is our representative. Mm, Well put. Yeah, all right, good. Today we're talking about the Trinity here at Redeemer Broadcasting. This is a plain answer. In the studio is the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. We need to take a short break now. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Today we're talking about the Trinity here on A Plain Answer. And, um, you know, gentlemen, you got me thinking. We're talking about this word Trinity, and that word flows from what the Scriptures describe, although the word itself is not in any particular Scripture verse. Now, what about uh, creeds, um, these formulations uh, that the churches have put together. Help us understand the, the the importance of those. Yeah, from the very earliest time, the Christians put together creeds. Uh, we see some of them 
in scriptures uh, that we believe were were creeds. Um, but some of the early church creeds, we have the Apostles' Creed, probably not written by the Apostles, but also very early on. But one of the, the ones that we know when it was written is what's called the Nicene Creed. It came out of the Council of Nicaea. And these creeds often came out because of a controversy mm-hmm. and to define what it means to be a Christian and to define uh, what the Bible teaches on certain things. And in the case of the Nicene Creed, of course, it was a council held because there was this heretic by the name of Arius who was going around saying that Jesus was a created being. There was a time when he was not, and he did it through a ditty. He was a a guy who was uh, very clever musically and, mm. and got a big following, and so uh, the church said, we've got to have a council and settle this thing once for all. And uh, one mm. of his chief opponents was a man by the name of Athanasius. Oh, yes. And uh, Athanasius, though not at the Council of Nicaea, his ideas were expressed there. And, of course, the Nicene Creed made it very clear that Jesus was divine. And it made that distinction. You talk about Son of God in that it says he was begotten, not made. Yes, you mentioned that Being last week. of one substance with the Father. In other words, they're saying, look, he's begotten. What does it mean to be begotten? It doesn't mean that there was a time when he didn't exist. No, no, right. no. It means here's this relationship. That's why it says not made. Mm-hmm. He was not created. He was always eternally there. Mm-hmm. And of one substance with the Father, by whom mm. all things are made. We've mentioned this before, but these these words are describing relations how do they relate? We talk about son-in-law, daughter-in-law, mother-in-law. We're talking about relations. We're not talking about uh, equality. The daughter-in-law right. is essentially as valuable as the mother-in-law. Right. But they relate in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And the word, for instance, only begotten, essentially means eternally generated, or they stand as son and father. Now, there's no priority here. It's a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so the father always stands as the father to the son. And when you consider that here are these guys meeting at Nicaea, and they all know Greek, and they all function in Greek, and they're describing how it is, you understand how important that is. How they are telling us, essentially, this is what the Greek language means. And and what the Bible teaches. Yes, and what the Bible teaches. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes we we need to be challenged to to define what we understand the Bible to teach. Mm -hmm. We started off uh, last week with a question from a, a listener. What is it helping us do? Helping us formulate a response and to articulate and respond to a question. And it helps us to define our understanding, and it makes us study. Uh, It helps us search the scriptures. And that's all the people did in these councils. They were Mm -hmm. searching the scriptures and setting forth the plain teaching of the Bible. And so they were were just simply good Bible expositors. That's Mm -hmm. right. That's right. And that's what it was. And, of course, this was the Council of Nicaea. One of the early church heresies also was a denial of of the deity of the Holy Spirit. Uh, They were called uh, by some Macedonians, not because they were from Macedonia, but because their leader was a man by the name of Macedonius, 
or they were called the pneumatomachoi. Now, I had a professor in seminary that said if you could spell pneumatomachoi, <laughs> you got to be just by doing that. But but what really happened is that all the arguments to deny the deity of the Holy Spirit went away when you established the deity of Jesus Christ. Mm. I like that Nicene Creed, mm. and I find that when I quote it, sometimes we will uh, quote it as a as a group, as a congregation uh, assembled for worship. It's very rich, and it has the effect of reminding me of the fundamentals of the Christian faith. It's kind of similar to, you know how you have certain verses of Scripture memorized, and they kind of keep you moored? Things like John 3.16. Mm-hmm. Almost every Christian knows John 3.16, and it helps us. Well, these creeds are Scripture summarized in a succinct way, so we can understand the basics of the faith, and it keeps us moored uh, in in the historic Christian faith. Yeah, I love these creeds, and the thing is, when you confess them, I think one of these Sundays I'm going to point that out, you know, it's not just a confession, well, you know, this is what I believe, you know, it's it's a nice thing. No, this is what I believe, and I would die. Mm. For this belief. That is the sense, and exactly. That, that's the real sense. This is true truth mm. uh, worth dying for. Now, the second paragraph, I know you already quoted this in part, Mark, the Nicene Creed says this, and today we're talking about Jesus, mm. we're talking about the Trinity, and the quote is this, I believe in one God, in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made. And that's what you were pointing out, Mark. Mm. Being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. Now, that's that's beautiful language there. Yeah, and that one substance, by the way, is that term homoousion. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's where mm-hmm. it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, his person is in Greek, it's a hypostasis. Yes. Hypostasis uh, means, and we translate it from the Latin persona, person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jesus is uh, a person, but also God. But there are three persons, one God, mm-hmm. and that is important. You know, getting back to creeds a moment, I uh, used to work in a rescue mission, and they had out front on a sign, No Creed But Christ. I uh, didn't know what that meant then. Uh, Mm -hmm. I still don't know what that means, except (laughs) that I kind of know what it's getting at. Mm -hmm. They don't like creeds written down. (laughs) But outside of that, I don't know what it means. You know, creeds, we all have to believe something about Jesus. Mm -hmm. So a creed can be uh, spoken, uh, assumed, written down. But the truth is, we all have a creed, and... There should be nothing wrong with writing down clearly as to what we mean. And so yes. uh, let us p- affirm in writing what the Bible teaches. I mm. find that to be an important exercise yeah. and function in terms of the unity of the church. If you don't write it down, then what you do is you have a creed that basically says um, – you can't back me into a corner because I'm going to change my creed as soon as you do it. And it's kind of a wishy-washy stance. I'm sorry. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it denies fundamentally what it means to believe. That's right. If you actually believe something, 
then you're not going to be wishy-washy about it. So why not go ahead and put it on paper and commit yourself to it? That's a good point. Yeah, It's a commitment as well. But um, creeds can serve an important function. Uh, We have all kinds of denominations out there listening to us. We have uh, Baptist, Lutheran, Catholic. We might have an Eastern Orthodox person, as Mm -hmm. far as I know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Presbyterians, Reformed, all the... The, the gamut. But one thing we can all affirm is the Nicene Creed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and cool. it, creeds can be a great unifier, too, when you get down to the very basics. Like uh, John says, it's a you got all these denominations, and yet they affirm this one mm. creed. It helps us understand the basic unity we have with other believers. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So this person that um, we had a note come in from a listener, just to recap here. And uh, the note said um, that he was working with his co-worker at work. Uh, this is a lady that he was working with who was asserting that Jesus is not God, that uh, he's the Son of God, quote-unquote. And um, so now that we've reviewed what the Scripture says and what the ancient creeds have said, um, you start to realize, oh, this sort of um, assertion that Jesus is not God is nothing new. Um the heretics of old would assert mm-hmm. this. Right, and that's what happens, you know. Uh, the n- new heresies are nothing but the old heresies rehashed. Mm-hmm. Seriously. And there's, in many ways, nothing new under the sun. I was just going to say, there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> and the, just, and oh. the new paganism and is it, the old paganism revived. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, it would help people, uh, I think, today to understand our times by going back and seeing the context in which which uh, the gospel was preached in Paul's day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, we're already running out of time for this edition of A Plain Answer. Um, what about some conclusions today, gentlemen? Well, I would like to mention a confession. It's a longer creed. The Westminster Confession of Faith and the Larger and Shorter Catechism. We call them the Westminster Standards. But we were talking off mic how beautifully expressed the Westminster Shorter Catechism uh, is I would like to read three questions from that if we have time. Yeah, I think we can just fit it in. Go ahead. The first question, uh, four, raises the question, what is God? And the answer is, God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Then it says, are there more gods and one in question five? And the answer is, There is but one only, the living and true God. And then uh, question six, how many persons are there in the Godhead? And the answer is, there are three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one God, the same in substance, equal in power and glory. That is the church's mm. historic confession, yeah, and how rich. beautifully it's expressed in the Shorter Catechism. Hmm. Not only is it expressed in the Shorter Catechism, then it's got a list of scripture verses that back well, up. Well, I was noticing that here. We had a printout here. Uh, yes. Yeah. It, it, the the uh, scripture proofs take up, um, just for those three questions you read, take up over two full pages. <laughs> um, this shorter catechism is available free of charge from Redeemer Broadcasting. Uh, quite some time ago, we ordered a pile of them, 
And now and then when someone has questions about the basics of the Christian faith, possibly a prisoner in, in, a, in a jail or prison, we'll uh, send them a copy because it's so succinct and it helps you learn the Christian faith so readily in a Q&A format. We're just about out of time. Mark, any wrap-up thoughts from you? Well, here again, I think the, the doctrine of the Trinity is a essential doctrine. Of course, we were talking about creeds, and one of the creeds is not only it helps you to establish what you believe, but it helps you to see who the heretics are hmm. and, and who to avoid. Well put. We have to ask ourselves today in the multiculturalism and in the, all of the uh, uh, approaches that we have in modern life, um, what exactly is Christianity? Well, <laughs> Christianity has an essence. There are some teachings mm-hmm. that are so fundamental to it that you cannot have Christianity. And I can think of two major fundamental doctrines. The Trinity is one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you deny the Trinity, you deny Christianity and its basis. And two, of course, is the person and work of Jesus Christ. Mm. And if you deny Christ, you deny Christianity. It's that Hmm. basic, that simple, and that direct. That's a wonderful summary and Mm -hmm. um, an encouragement to our listeners today. If you have heard this broadcast, perhaps you don't really know that much about Jesus. Maybe you don't know him personally. You have not um, become a Christian. Uh, Write the station, call the station, contact us. We can put you in contact with one of these fine pastors here today or any number of other pastor friends that we have. Uh, We'd love to help you come to know Jesus Christ. Uh, it's, uh, It's a wonderful thing, and your eternal salvation is dependent upon it. This has been a plain answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting each Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning and 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We open the mic and uh, come on the air, and this program is heard at those two times. If you have a question for any of the gentlemen that join us from time to time here on this show, please write us or email us or use our toll-free number. To post your question, that number is 888-724-4427. Joining me in the studio today has been the Rev. Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern, New York. Please join us again next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. 